Hustle in the house, man. Hustle TV. I got a special guest, Emmy Award winning, funny man, actor, writer, producer, Ron G. Taking over Hollywood, baby. Let's go. What's up, Ron? What's, what's up, bro? How you doing, man? Man, it, it's a blessing to be above ground, man, and not needing no shot, nothing right now. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. And yeah, I'm glad you COVID free as well, bro. Yeah, man. Um. Right and it's so, isn't it bad that you would rather tell somebody you got the flu than tell them you got COVID? You got COVID? You can't talk to nobody no more. You're like, you got COVID? Um, Bro, you will get slapped for clearing your throat. Hey, I was in Target. No, I was in Costco. Somebody, <coughs> I left my basket right there. <laughs> I'm like, no. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. So what are you Wasting doing right time, now with COVID, man? Uh, honestly, man, just staying creative, bro. Uh, I had the last probably three months of the year got real dope because I feel like the thing I was lacking, cause especially during uh, quarantine, mm -hmm. I feel like this is the time where everything you said you didn't have time to do, now you got time to do. And for me, <clears throat> I believe I didn't always have time to do social media cause yeah. I've been busy and auditioning and stuff, but <laughs> yeah. I, I started doing social media, bro. And I feel like my life changed, bro. I shot a movie called wow. Will You Be My Quarantine? I shot mm -hmm. a TV show, I mm -hmm. shot two pilots. Um, I hosted an event called Afrotech, which is the largest black tech event in the nation wow. and um yeah i i was a co-host on a late night talk show like i did a lot of cool stuff bro okay okay and i got my blue check bro i was pretty happy about that oh Finally you got verified my blue check. now oh yeah so you finished. actually verified that's why you got yeah. a blue cup now i got a blue check blue check blue cup yeah blue first you, you had a red cup sipping on whatever you sipping on now you switched it up to a blue cup okay. this is a protein now. shake and this is uh some some soda right yeah, so <laughs> let's just let, let people know about what it means to be a comedian. And, you uh, know, which part of it? The beginning it's, of the, the beginning of being a comedian. Let people know that it's it's not an easy task. It's not. Uh, uh I think being a comedian, man, is probably like the dumbest decision, dumbest best decision ever made because it doesn't make any sense to anybody. Telling okay. somebody that you're walking in front of a bunch of strangers that don't that you don't know, right? And give them your thoughts and hopefully they laugh at you with a chance they might not, and you'll find out on the job whether you're funny or not uh, for the rest of your career. And you don't know when your next check coming, you don't know when your next gig is coming. It's a crazy career, but I honestly love it. Like it's taking me all over the world. It's allowed me to meet my wife. It bought me a house. Like I've been all over the world twice. It just uh, all the dreams my mom had in her head, I'm yeah. allowing her all her dreams come true because I said yes to my dream. And at first, when I first started doing it, <clears throat> man, I mean, you didn't necessarily get it. She didn't get it because I told I went to um, my first time on stage. They they booed me and the boo was OK, but they told me to kill myself. And um, I told my mom like a day after she was like, well, they pay you to get booed. And I was like, nah. she was like, why you do it? And I was like, well, I like it. And she was like, well, as long as you pay your student loan, I don't care. And she didn't get it because I, I didn't grow up in a family of dreamers. But when she saw me on TV for the first time, she was like, you're really good at what you do. And I'm like, yeah, man. But thank you for rocking with me. But look, man, I remember <clears> when <throat> I first seen you at an audition. And I walked in the audition with you. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> you gonna laugh at this. We both walked in. And the white guy was like, I like your look. And you were like, and I was like, damn. That's Once that happens, you just gotta go with the flow. You gotta just. So now you would actually you had you had to be the lead because dude's already digging you. And it was cool. So I, I was like, you know what? It's two things can happen out of this right now. You follow the dude's lead, you book it. You follow the dude lead and you don't, and you have a friend after the audition. Mm -hmm. So you book the audition, you book the commercial, and do you remember what it was? 
Pizza, it was a Pizza Hut commercial. Pizza Hut? We did it. It was in Santa Monica. And uh, we're upstairs. I know what you're talking about. I know you're talking about uh, it's like Third Street. Yeah, well, over there somewhere. And we went up together. We got in. But I seen you. I was, I was already seeing you before that. Through doing, yeah. doing stand-up. So I said, like, oh, okay, Ron G. He's like, hey, what's up, man? We, we didn't know each other. But we like, hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? Whatever. Yeah. And when you got it, when I saw it on TV, I was like, yes. I was so happy for you because I understand the struggle of that. And a lot, a lot of us actors don't applaud brothers who we go in the room with. And then, you know, some of them, I've been around a lot of actors who, oh, he got it. Oh, I'm like, nah, I'm proud for somebody who got in there. And it, I don't believe in luck, so I believe in God. So I believe that God was on you that day. He <laughs> pushed you out there and you did your thing. And I'm, I'm proud of you. I want to say I'm proud of you now. Because I don't, when we say something, we, we joke around a lot. We, we say, oh, hey, whatever. But yeah. I'm proud of you because you stayed and you persevered. And talking about your mom earlier, I remember when your mom came out here. Oh, wow, bro. You I remember that? Dude, I don't, I, it was a, 10 years, maybe 12. This is way before you was even thinking about marriage. So yeah. when you, at the Laugh Factory, I was in the audience with some of my people, we was taking pictures, filming, whatever. You like, yeah. my mom's upstairs. I'm like, Bro, your memory's incredible, bro. That's so cool. Bro, it was like, she was proud. Man, you see her glowing. She can say, well, she's like, that's my baby. Kill him. You was like, so you just went in. And you had the womb in your hand, bro. So to me, we got to celebrate that. That's to me, I want to give you your, your flowers before you pass. I want to give you your accolades now because. Wait, wait, you know something I don't know? No, no, stop that. Don't okay, all right, all right, okay, all right, all right. We're live, you're standing live. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. No, I, bro, I, I thoroughly appreciate that. And it's cool, too, because I've had a chance to watch you blossom and grow, too, man, because you always had, I call it the dog. Everybody don't have that dog. It's like that thing that you have where you know somebody's going to make it and they got that hustle, like, no matter what, which is your name. But <laughs> watching you <clears throat> transcend auditions, social media, and, like, even your... You be stunting so hard on Facebook and Instagram, it's ridiculous. Like all the people you like, the way you be flexing on people on social media with the people that you know and connected with, bro. Like it's ridiculous. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. The people you taking pictures with, but that's a part of the game. And the more you do this game, man, the smaller the city get. You know what I'm saying? So people that you're a fan of become a fan of you just because of what you do, bro. I was out one time and I seen Dwayne Martin. Dwayne Martin was like, "Yo, you you performing tonight?" And I was like. Uh, I, yeah, he was like, oh man, good. I can't wait to see you. I'm like, you know who I am? He was like, yeah, man. He said, he said, you next young man. I was yeah. like, wait, what? Like, you know who I am, but just doing what you do, man. You don't know the amount of people that become a fan of you as well. So it's, it's a blessing, bro. So salute to you as well, bro. Oh man, it's, it's all good on the gas, man. I mean, tell people about being somebody who warms up for a TV show because I've seen you when you, I mean, when I first saw you at the start of your career, here in LA. I know you did, you started up in Atlanta and mm -hmm. you're from South Carolina. I, I get that part. But when you hit here and you started doing TV shows, what is it about the TV show, the one up, the one with the crowd before the, the actual show starts? How do you feel about doing that? And how did you get to that level to, to do that? It's so funny doing warm up because I feel like you get access without being the actual person. And it's humble because 
even when you do warm up, you're responsible for this crowd of all your celebrity fans, like all the celebrities. You're, but they don't know who you are. You know what I'm saying? They don't care about who you are. They don't know who you are. They want to see the host. And then it's humbling when you know you're funnier than the host at times, but you ain't the guy yet. Like you're not the guy. You got to humble yourself. And so for me, I took that as an opportunity to learn and grow because I'm watching the people that I've hosted so many shows. Like I've done warm up for so many shows. I watch the host maneuver through the crowd and, you know, read cue cards and go off book and whatever. And I would learn how to serve. And I feel like in order to be a good student, you got to learn how to serve, which when my time come, mm-hmm. kind of piggybacking on, and I had this revelation of that. I was like, God groomed me to be a great host, man. Because hosting Laugh Factory for six years, doing yeah. warm up, you are put in the fire where if anything fall apart, you're the face of it. When I'm on these TV shows yeah. and they're like, we got a camera down, uh, can you do another 10 minutes? I'm like, you only told me to do five. It doesn't <laughs> matter. doesn't matter. Yeah. Bro, I did the NAACP Image Awards, and it's a room full of everybody I love. I'm talking about Angela Bassett, Cicely Tyson, Morgan Freeman, Oprah, like everybody's in the room. And they're like, get everybody to sit down, okay? Tell them no chewing gum and no cameras. Commercial break come, everybody stand up and start taking pictures. Imagine me telling Oprah to sit down. Imagine oh, me telling uh, Lou Gossett to please sit down because the camera's, you know what I'm saying? And I'm watching all these people ignore me, and I'm like, okay. Learning lesson. Mm. I'll be next time. I'll be ready. But just being a student of this game, man. Like you know, and I know, bro. Like I know you've been a DJ, but also yeah. you do so much other stuff. But you got to be a student of the game. As a comedian, a long time ago, being funny was just enough. Being yeah. a stand up and doing a late night set would change your life. Now, bro, you got to be great at social media. You got to be a marketing guru. You got which you're great at. You got to learn how to. Uh, I shoot Instagram videos. You got to write, direct. You got to learn how to edit. You got to learn how to do voiceovers. You got to learn how to do commercials. You got to do how to acting. Like I get a check from every, like from something I've done every day because stand up ain't enough. You know what I'm saying? And stand up is the thing that got me in the rooms. Right. But perfecting and grooming those other skills, those soft skills, help you become this thing that you are in Hollywood. And that's the cool part about as much as I want to be upset because I had to humble myself, man. I feel like, and you can probably speak on this too. You watch a lot of your your coworkers take off. You watch a lot of people who have no talent, but a lot of followers take off. You watch people with no talent and no followers take off and you get bitter. You get, it's a little thing that comes along with it. You're like, God, do you see me? Like, God, I'm doing all the, do you see me? And God checked me one time. He was like, nah, you celebrate everybody. They're your people. You celebrate them because when you take off, you need somebody to celebrate you too. You know what I'm saying? So I had to take all that out of my heart and be like, nah, I'm going to celebrate everybody. And when my time comes, mine going to be sweet, you know, and just, enjoy my journey because I've sown enough seeds where literally this year, everything I booked was incoming inbound calls. That's like somebody called me, yo, I seen you on this or I seen yeah. your social media. You were great. Or I seen, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we've sown, you and I have sown enough seeds where a lot of my work is inbound calls and relationships, you know, but I had to humble myself and, and, and get through that thing because what I didn't want to be was a bitter comic. It's the whole generation Whew. of older, bitter comics and entertainers mad at the previous generation and it's their fault they didn't get involved in social media social media is the way bro if you're an entertainer and you ain't doing social media daily whether it be a podcast posting um you know a vlog something youtube like you are literally killing your own career you are sucking the life out your own career by your stubbornness thinking talent is enough talent ain't enough man it's hustle too i mean not to say hustle but you have to have Mo hustle, you gotta out hustle, and you gotta be humble, and you gotta out hustle the hustler who hustle like you hustle. It's it's someone it's someone like us 
somewhere else in the country who are just as gifted as we are, but they don't have what we have, which is California. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Um, being humble is just the beginning. Um, seeing people that you audition with and, and loving them when you see them and embracing them. I'm not saying hug them, I'm just saying, I mean, I saw your last job. Like, you know, I'm sure you see other actors and comedians do jobs too. And you're like, man, I saw you, man, good, good job. Oh, absolutely. That right there absolutely. Get your money, bro. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because once you start making those waves, you start making bigger steps and stuff, people will call you. They'll tell, hey, man, I see you from Russia. Hey, I see you in this. Hey, I see you in that. Like the other day on Facebook, I saw you in the, in the booth. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, you are me. You are me, thug. Now <laughs> you like call so me. I'm gonna holler at you. And then next thing you know, four days later, I see you in the commercial. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. And you yeah. go there, dude. Like, <laughs> there you go. But listen, let me let me give you the backstory on that. So when I said I wanted to start doing more on social media, I started doing this thing called What's Going On. If you follow me on Instagram, I do something called What's Going On. I post like two, three times a day. Mm. Um, but what happened was I was like. You know, my hair is kind of crazy. I'm like, I ain't worried about doing my hair. Let me keep my do-rag going and find a way to do a video every day without worrying about what my hair look like. So I put the do-rag on and I slid into the screen. People are like, yo, that's hilarious. I love to slide. And I was like, let me put my house coat on. My wife bought me this really nice house coat uh, for Christmas. I was like, let me put the house coat on. Slid into the screen with the with the house coat on. And then I feel like everybody was doing the side-by-side -side videos. Like every comedian, entertainer, everybody on social media doing the side-by-side. -side. Something happens on the video, you comment on it. That's cool for me. I wanted to try something different. I was like, let me break that third wall and see what happens. Bro, I did. I forgot what the video was. Oh, I think it was like a stripper and she was spinning around and I walked in the video and I like I was dodging her like she was trying to swing and hit me and people started screaming and I realized I was on to something. Then I had OG cats like my homies that do really well on social media hit me up like, bro, this your thing right here. This your thing. You know what I'm saying? And I just stuck with it. And literally, bro, uh, when I did the Pandora commercial, the audition was you walk into the screen dancing. Mm. Um, then one of your family members, who's Carol, mm. um, she owes you money, but she's uh, supposed to have her Christmas lights on. You're like, let me see your Christmas lights, Carol. Her, Car her Christmas lights don't work. And it was like, slide off the screen, turn your Christmas lights on and come back. <laughs> I was like, all right. I basically, I literally did what I do in my videos. I slid into the screen. I started dancing. I was like, hey, Carol, what's up? How you doing with my money at? I ain't got your money. All right, well, let me see your, your Christmas lights. They don't work? All right, let me show you mine. Slid off screen, did like this. <laughs> came back on, turned my Christmas lights on, booked the commercial. I get on set. I'm like, where's my script? They was like, we'll get it to you. I said, no, I need a script because I want to be prepared. I'm already here. Let me get a script. They was like, don't worry about it. Director was like, I love what you did. Keep doing what you did in the audition. I, if any, if you do anything I don't like, I'll just let you know. But I love what you did, bro. You are a true professional. I literally wrote that whole commercial. Like there was a uh, kind of sort of loose script, bro. Like they yeah. just let me go. And as a comedian, if you let me go, uh, I'm gonna do my thing. Uh, also, too, since you kind of gave me the pass on talking about God, man, the other part of this game too is working in God's favor. Yes, you sir. know, part of it is hustle. Part of it is doing all you can. <laughs> Excuse me. But there will be a point where that's not enough. Yeah. And God will give you things that your hustle can't do. And the thing that we don't work on as entertainers and particularly people is yeah. we'll chase the dream, but we don't chase the things that help you sustain it when you get there, which is the most yeah. important part. Like yeah. we all chase, I'm gonna get money, I'm gonna get a job, I'm gonna get a career, I'm getting chicks, all this other stuff. Yep. But the part that really helps you sustain it is being close to God. 
And that favor that comes along with that, well, you got to take your hand off the wheel, which is scary. I recently had a moment. I'm like, God, look, I'm tired of having just enough. I want more. I want surplus. I, I want I want more than just getting by. You know what I'm saying? I have yeah, a wife. Sure. I have a dog. I want a yard. You know what I'm saying? I own a home now. I'm in a condo, but I want a, I want a yard. I want my dog to be able to run around in the yard, and I ain't got to walk down three flights of steps so she don't pee in the elevator. Like, I want to be able to you know, have room to stretch out. I want, I want to have some babies. I want them to be able to run around the house and make all the noise without my neighbor, you know, getting mad because I'm stomping. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want, <laughs> I want more. And I recently had a moment. I'm like, God, like whatever you need, I'm gonna give it to you, man, because this ain't it. And it's not even bad. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm grateful for everything. But that's the challenge of being human. Like we always want more. But the trick is being content with what you have, with your career, with the woman you chose, with the man you chose. Like with the car you had, like you have to be content because if you don't, you're going to be ungrateful. And I'm grateful for everything, but I want more. And some of that comes along with favorite. When God's favor start moving and that window, because I feel like I'm one thing away from my life changing. I'm one connection, one thing away. I I think um, at this point in the game, it's like you're you're there. You're you're where comedians want to be at because everybody know who you are. Everybody, whether they're Asian, black or white, Hispanic. They know who you are, and you keep doing what you're doing. It's God's going to just boom. Now go, 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 go. Here's your blessing. Go get it. Now I'm going to ask you something about being a comedian. When I did my open mic at the Comedy Store in Hollywood, I was cool. <laughs> I was in there talking trash. I was I was doing my thing. I had Three minutes. I was cool for a minute and twenty five. <laughs> were you at the belly room? Where were you at? Were you at the belly room or the original room? The original room. Yeah. The, the room was packed. I was like, ooh, this is this this it. That's a tough room, man. Doc, you cuss too much. You're not Richard Pryor. You're not Eddie Murphy. You're not none of them dudes. Hustle. You cuss too much. I'm like, you know what? Right. I said, I might cuss at home or whatever, but being a person who want to cuss all the time, I feel like I, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. And I've noticed that when you do your comedy, you don't cuss. And that's that's a God-given gift. Why do you choose not to cuss? It's funny, man. The, the easy answer is when I was cursing, I got booed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got saved right around the time I got funny. And this older comedian named Jerry Farber, uh, shout out to the OG in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He was like, that little squeezy noise is my, my dog. Um, <laughs> He told me, because I came up under a bunch of comic view comedians, and I thought that was the standard, you know, and yeah. no judgment to anybody who cursed, whatever, but that's what I thought was normal, you know, and he was like, you're a good looking guy, man, why you curse so much? I'm like, I don't know, and he was like, you don't have to curse to be funny, and I was like, okay, and so the same place I mentioned where I went to uh, Uptown Comedy Club, and they booed me and told me to kill myself, yeah. I went back, because it was Apollo night, Apollo night, bunch of dope dealers and strippers, and they came there to boo. Yeah. I went back, kind of, sort of, right after I got saved, and I did five minutes and didn't get booed and it was little girl <laughs> and i didn't get booed that's dope i know right and then so i feel like god was like all right so you perform you didn't curse yeah and you did well but you curse off stage and you judgmental you right. hard on church people because you grew up in the church you real hard on church people but if a pastor did that you would judge them what make you any different Right. And it made me, God made me sit in. And I was like, you know what? Touche. And mm. so I stopped cursing in my personal life. And for me, 
that became my thing. And I realized like, man, like that's my lane. And as much as I want to, at first, when I first started doing it, it didn't feel like it wasn't a popular thing. It felt lonely to do it. Yeah. Little girl. She good, Ron. Don't worry about it. Let yeah, her all right. I don't want to mess about you. Yeah. Right, yeah. You good, man. This, this, you start, man. We can talk about it all day. Uh-huh. Now, um, yeah, but that, I, I didn't. I didn't want it to like. It just didn't feel cool to be the clean comedian. You know, it didn't feel cool because right. nobody else was doing it. You know what I'm saying? But what made it make sense was later on, years later, I wanted a book and a gig for Nickelodeon, and I was a dad on a TV show. And you know, when you're in an audition and they start asking you personal questions, yeah, you're like, wait, y'all like me? Like, I never got this far before. They was right. like, yo, we noticed that you were a clean comedian, and we really like you. And we did a little research on you, found out that you're clean and. You're perfect for this gig. And bro, yeah. like it warmed my heart so much. Like, okay, God. God was like winking at me, like, this is why I have you on this path. Like, there's no room you can't do. There's no job you can't take. Exactly. And this is why I have you on this path. And at first it didn't feel good, but now it's like, okay, God, I appreciate what you're doing. So yeah, man. Um, I was gonna ask you this too, man, because you've been how long you been in LA? You're you're LA boy, right? Born and raised, yeah. So how do you how do you stay out here and not get bitter, man? Cause like being raised out here is different from moving out here. Moving out here, like I didn't have no plan B. And I noticed, especially a lot of the local cats, I feel like not you, but a lot of them get comfortable because you're around it. You going to school with these celebrities, like the kids of the celebrities we grew up loving. Like you go to school with, you know, you know, kids that we people that like Denzel's son, you would go to school with him. Like, exactly. how did you like stay in the mix, stay motivated and not be bitter or get lazy? Like, how, how do, what made you different? Because I, I don't see that too often, like your drive and hustle that you have. I don't see that often in the city. Um, I grew up around people who were bitter and all they do is talk about everybody else. And I told myself, I never want to be that person to be mad at somebody or work with somebody who was, who was very upset. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to be bitter at nobody. I'm going to tell people how I feel and respect everybody. Even when I don't win, when, when I don't win is when you are supposed to be the most happiest. And that's, it's hard. It's easy to when say. When you don't win, you're supposed to be happy? Yeah. When you don't win, you got to be happy. Because you don't get the bottom for a long time. It's, you're going to bubble eventually. So my thought is, if I'm around people that are negative, leave them alone. I don't want to talk to them on the phone. I don't want to say how you're doing because I already know what you're going to tell me. And, you know, in, in this business, we're around liars all the time. So if I want to get lied to, or I want to get depressed, I know who to call. I don't have the option of being depressed. I don't, I don't want the option to talk to somebody who's going to lie to me. So my thing is be happy humble, healthy, and, and love God to the fullest. Um, I tell you, man, when I talk about God, I clear a room, period. My, my circle about yeah, friends, like I'm serious. And I love doing it too sometimes. It, it just makes me feel good. You know, God's good You today. sound like me. You know, God is great today. You know yeah. what? God woke you up this morning. You're like, yeah. this dude, right? crazy. No, no, I'm crazy to, to, of life. I'm happy. I live in the best city in the world. I'm healthy. I got all my teeth and they straight. Why? You know what I'm hey, saying? Little girl. See, she's cool. She she happy too. She barking. Yes, Jesus Christ. Oh, somebody yes, ran yes. by. She a little She's trying to figure everything out. Yeah. But you you gotta be yeah, happy, brother. And 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 if someone's negative, you ain't gotta preach to them, but you gotta say, man, God bless you. I don't care about God. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. I'm an atheist. I understand, but if you get hurt, hit by a car. Oh God, please. That's the yeah. reason scream out. You know oh, my science. Okay, oh, my science. Yeah, you know, but it's just, you got to be happy and stay humble because everybody I know is angry about something. And sometimes you just got to walk away because being where you are right now, Ron, you ain't wrong about your haters. 
at this point in the game, you what? I said, being being where you are right now in life, you're not around a bunch of hate because oh, it, okay. it, it it drains you. You don't want to yeah. be drained by that. You, you you're a creative person. You're married. You're funny. You got things to do. People who don't do anything, they're the first to talk about negativity. You inspire yeah. the comedians to be great because now they're chasing you. Because before you're like, I need to do that. Now you're doing this, and now they're yeah. chasing you. It's funny, Ooh. man. Like I feel like part of the reason why I got married was I felt like I always dealt with loneliness because I didn't fit in. Mm. Like, I grew up in church, but I wasn't a church dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm gotcha. I'm level-headed. I'm I can hang with whoever, but my 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 frequency was always different. You know what I'm saying? And like <laughs> like I can't be in negative too long because it affects too much of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like I dated a girl and I I was battling depression, bro. And I'm like on stage talking about dark stuff and mm. it affected my comedy, it affected my acting. I'm like, yo, I can't do that, man. And uh, I mean, since we already here, yeah, uh, part of the reason why. I became celibate because I knew I, I functioned like a husband mm -hmm. and most of the girls I like love my light, but they wanted to take from it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I always gave off good energy. So in this city like LA, people dress like they're happy and they give off happy, but they ain't happy. And they want yeah. to be like, oh my God, you're my husband. I need somebody who's a good guy who go to church and he'll make me better. But they never added to it. And I was like, when I became celibate, it wasn't about like, oh, I'm trying to be all extra spiritual. It was about, you don't deserve my light. You don't deserve my energy. So let me pull back. And I realized like that created an energy where women like they ain't used to you just walking off. I'm like, I, you know, I would talk to them, game them up and then just walk off. And I'm like, they're like, you gay or something? Like, nah, just, I don't need to talk to you. I, I already sized you up. You complain about everything. You mad at because somebody wearing your outfit. Like, right. what, is, what is your, what are your, what are the things that bother you? Do you want, like, what are the things in this world that bother you? Is it just because you don't, can't afford something? Like, what really bothers your heart? And so when I met my wife, she talking about, like, she just a fixer by nature. She loved loving on people. She right, wanted to right. do nonprofit. She, like, giving money to family members she ain't never met before because she African. Like, hmm. I was like, wait, you do that? I'm like, if my family asked me for money, ask me for $20, I need to know where it's going. Like, I need some receipts, you know what I'm saying? But she yes, was literally working an extra day of the week to send money to family she never met before. And I'm like, yo, that's very honorable of you. That's big. And like how what you mentioned, you kind of outgrow a lot of things in your life and you get lonely because my spiritual life, I always had to compartmentalize that with my friends. Like, cause you know, you got, I feel like in LA, you got work friends, club friends, and church friends. Separate. Work, club, and church. And they can never meet each other. Never. Because they couldn't handle it. My church friends could have meet my club friends. They would be judgmental and my work friends, just you know they my work friends outside of work you know you don't get no phone call or who gonna be there any industry gonna be there you you don't yeah. get a phone call and i was like I, I see why wealthy men get married because my wife fits all those boxes and i never had to put her in a box when we had conversation we talked about everything you know and the, yeah. the spiritual side was the part that i almost had to like put away when i had to go out in the world because it didn't feel right like when i bring it up people are like oh you a church dude oh you gonna make me go to I'm like no or let me not curse around you. I'm like, I did not say you couldn't curse. Like, I don't curse. Please feel free to curse. Everybody in my life curse. Why not curse? You know? So mm -hmm. it was just an interesting thing. But for me, like, that's why part of the reason why I got married because I was like, yo, I, I kind of outgrew. I graduated. Like, literally, I graduated. I'm like, for me, and I wouldn't go back. But it's something that nobody tell you because the peace that comes along with being married as a single man, I wish somebody would have told me because I didn't know. And I, you know, you like, I got to give up all this to have this. But, but I'm you like, have to, to you come have along experience with it. that, though. I mean, if someone would have told you that, you wouldn't have believed it anyway. You were like, nah, like, nah. What? Now that you're more experienced, for me, it's like, 
being married is a golden thing. I want to be at home. COVID for me, I'm at home. I'm editing videos, making content. No big deal. And, you know, people ask me what I do for a living. I'm, I'm very critical now. Before, I said, I'm an actor. I'm a DJ. Ah. Now I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, you look familiar. You have the TV face. You look familiar. One time I told Leah I was a janitor. She's like, for real? I'm like, yeah, I'm a janitor. I don't. She goes, no, you look familiar. Because, you know, people, they're all, everywhere out here in LA is always judging people. If they don't know your face or they think they know you and they say, you say you do commercials or you do movies, what you been at? You, you got to be a star for them to give you that shine, right? So You've been on Netflix. Right. Are, are you on Amazon? I don't know, man. Hey, are you on Hulu? Hmm, I'm not really sure about that. I got mm -hmm. Cox. I got DirecTV. You ain't on that, so you ain't really a star. I'm like, so I decided to say, you know what? People ask me what I do. I'm a janitor. Long Beach Bow. I ain't never been there. Mm -hmm. I just, that's why I get away from that. And then when they find out that I, that I am an actor or a DJ or whatever, they, they think that I fit that day, then they're, oh, I seen you. I saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that. Okay, cool. So I just, I'm just humbled by people, man. And being who you are, dude, you've grown. You've grown into this cool ass man. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Cool ass dude who who who's humbled by his success. And I applaud you, man, for what you do, because you you a bad dude. You a bad Thank dude. You, and only person people that I know who didn't cuss, well, Bill Cos Bill Cosby did because I, I got his first album. He did cuss. Oh, no, did he? On Is that one with the Noah's Ark? With Noah's Ark? Bill Cosby. His no, I'm album. saying like they had an album about Noah. He did a story about Noah's Ark, this long story. Remember that? Noah's Ark, is that it? I'm not sure, but he was cussing through the album. I'm like, this is Bill Cosby cussing? Whoa. So I guess they're the baby. Get the baby right there. Yeah, that's a cute dog, man. And oh, man. She's so sweet. You and Sinbad don't curse. And it's a couple of new guys to do it now, but at the time when cursing wasn't cool, Sinbad took it upon himself to be the dude who didn't cuss. And he was mm -hmm. he was funny. Oh, and man. That now, on HBO? That HBO special? Yeah, I, I seen, I've seen him, be, you know, in person. I I used to try to bag on him, and I didn't win, but it was cool. Um, no, he's an animal. You don't want the problem. <laughs> you don't want to work. You don't want to wake a, a crazy giant like him up. Um, and then I see you on stage, and you take the take the crowd on a journey. You don't just you know ah funny funny funny. You you get there, hold a mic. This this is my Emmy right here. You hold a mic, you say, yo, this is, this is what you do. You get in there, take him over, mid-season, mid-section, and you keep going. I'm Ron G, man. Follow me on Instagram, I'm out. And that's the, the the epitome of a, a professional. When you said earlier that you get you got to set, you're like, what a script? What's that? No, no, Ron, we love it. I'm like, whoa, that's professionalism, bro. Yeah. And you're the ultimate professional. Ultimate profession. So let me add this too, man, because I feel like, hey, baby, there you go. Um, the cool thing about being a DJ too, man, y'all learn the art of controlling the room. And what bothers me when I go to a club and I see DJs playing what they want to hear and everybody's sitting down playing cards, I'm like, what are you doing? You have the ear of everybody in the room and you're not reading it. Like watching what you do now, you're controlling the room. I see how you like, you let me talk, you pull it back, say your point. Uh, say something heartfelt, throw it back to me, pull it back. Like, you bro, caught like, on, damn. That's what a DJ does. Like, but it's like a soft skill that's like transferable. And even when you audition, it's the same thing. When 
Yes. You know, people don't know that auditions are two things. One is like how you control the room and two is how you read the lines or how you deliver, you know, what they need from you, you know, but people don't think that first one is a thing. Like how you walk to that room, good energy, good vibes. How you doing? Man, I'm so blessed. Uh, I got time to tell you about it. If you got time, if you don't have time, we can get to the audition. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but you give them a choice and empower them, even though they feel like they're in control, but they, you, you have taken the room. You know what I'm saying? If you want to know about the good news, I can tell you if you got time. If you don't, we can get to the audition. You want me to do my slate? Let's go. You know what I'm saying? But I had I had to learn that too. But I'm watching you do that as well. And it's super cool that you're a student in the game. Like you're a student of life. And for me, I know you mentioned earlier, like how do I become a good comedian? Being comedian, being a good comedian, being a great comedian is being a student of life. It's literally going to therapy. It's like taking inventory of everything that's happened to you, good, bad, and ugly. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like I've been through a lot. I've been through a whole lot, but I don't look like it, especially bad breakups, bad decision maker, you know, um, but it was my fault. All my bad relationships, it was my fault because I committed to the crazy, but <laughs> I was telling my wife this other day, man, uh, I literally got my platform off the worst relationship I ever had because now I love talking about relationships. Like that's my, that's my jam. But because I stayed with somebody um, that I probably shouldn't have been with, yeah. like I saw the signs and I ignored it. Mm. that lesson and the depression and the sadness and the therapy that came along with that gave me my platform for talking about relationships because wow. that's my reference point because before that I've never been i never been hurt before mm. but being hurt in your 30s is different than being hurt in your teens Oof, being hurt, like, it's like spraining Gosh. but your 30s is different they like it's like playing basketball and you sprain your ankle in high school you're like okay coach put me back in I'm good when you get around them 30s and get your heart broke you like coach I'm just sub me out Damn. Sub me out to next season. I don't know if I can do this no more. You know what I'm saying? But it literally gave me such a huge platform. Even with my wife, man, on Thursdays um, during COVID, we did this thing called Couples Couch, where we would basically have couples come on, do trivia, and we do Q&A. And it was so much fun. And people like, somebody hit me up today, like, man, thank you so much for the transparency for you yeah. and the vulnerability of you and your wife, man. Because I feel like for our generation, marriage is not popular. And all the negative people are the loudest voices of marriage. But it's like... I feel like marriage is dope if you choose mm. the right person, but that's on you. You can't blame the other person all the time because right. as an adult, you have a choice to choose who you want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> hey, little girl, what are you doing? <laughs> Yo, sit. It's all good, baby. It's good. Yeah, but we choose who we want. And I feel like it just gave me such a cool platform to like be that guy now where I make marriage look cool. Like my wife made me like it's, it's chill. Like marriage look cool. And I want young cats. Where I see like young comics like yo, I'm trying to be like you, bro. Like, what you mean? Like I'm got to get married. I'm like, yo, man, if she right, bro, feel it. Cause you can't marry somebody for where you at. You got to marry somebody for where you going. But it's giving me a whole other platform, and I didn't even know yeah. that this was it. And kind of how you mentioned, you said I'm doing all the things right. I feel like the missing piece was my wife. It's not. It's like you know that's what, what I needed. Behind every great man is a greater woman. You know what I mean? And um, you make it look easy. We make it look easy. But man, the women in our lives make us better. My wife is in my tail every day, bro. She, hey, look, just, did you do your thing? Did you do this? Yeah, I, I, I did it. I did it. And, <laughs> and, and, yeah, I did it. You know, you can't fight your wife. You're not gonna win. So my no, wife she keeps me on point with, with everything I want to do. And I list, I got goals, I got things I got to do. And I list everything. She makes sure, you know, I do them. Did you do it all the way, hundred percent? Yeah. Go do it again, honey. You know, I, I talk to you later. Go do your thing. Go, 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 go do your DJ now. Go, go practicing on your hosting. Like, and like you said about a DJ, Ron, it's like, it's timing. 
Timing, timing, timing. And the reason I stay with the interviews, it's, it's all timing to me. It's all numbers. Even when I talk to you about something, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm counting. Because, you know, you see records behind me. It's all about music and numbers. Are those are records? It's all records. That was awesome, bro. Um, my turntables is right here. You what? Kind of messy over there. My turntables. Oh yeah. I still I still get it in daily, two hours a day. Practice makes perfect. I read books. I mean, you got to stay up on your game. Um, Absolutely. I've been blessed so much, man, through my career. Just do this being a regular guy, and not have to work. I haven't had a job since two thousand. I'm not looking for one now. <laughs> I'm not looking for one right Absolutely. now. I love to hear that, man. I've been blessed, bro. And, you know, to see you grow and shine. Now, King, Young King is your turn. Turn up. I want you to be the biggest star in the world so I can come buy a ticket. I ain't going to call you. Let me get in the back for free. I'm going to buy a ticket. I'm going to buy a ticket. Well, you know you, know you get Instagram. backstage access. You get to yeah. go hang out backstage. I would get, I, I'd rather buy a ticket and you say, hey, hey, bro, let him in. After I pay my money, just like you know, all the other comedians who who, who came before you. Um, it's your time to shine, brother. It, we're here to celebrate you and your your success. I'm so happy for you. I'm humbled by you, just to be your friend. I'm cool with you. I'm happy you are married. I'm happy your mom's doing well. I'm happy you're doing well. What else is next for you, man? Uh, in my head, I want to be <laughs> the best clean comedian of my generation. I say I'm only saying clean because I feel like that spot is wide open and hasn't been occupied with nobody but maybe Bill Cosby and Sinbad, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But on that level, but also too, man, like I know I, my acting is gonna take off. I'm gonna be a great director too. I got uh, an offer to direct my first short film too during COVID, which I'm yeah. super happy about. And somebody saw my videos and they was like, yo, would you mind directing our project? And I'm like, I ain't never directed before. And they was like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I was like, As you okay, can. guy, I see, I see what you're doing, guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And now when I watch movies, I'm sitting there watching like the angles. I'm like, yo, that's such a dope shot. Oh, that's a great shot. Oh man, that's cool. You do it too? Did. I thought it was just Bro. me because my wife, she like, why do you keep watching the same movie over and over and over again? Why are there always 80s movies? I said, because those are the best movies. And you know, watching Terminator, watching Martin Scorsese's movies. I watch them not because I'm a fan. I watch it because I want to direct and I, I see how he shoots them. And then the new movie with Joe Pesci and Al Pacino, uh, what, what's the name of that movie that's on Netflix? Al Pacino, Joe oh, Pesci. Oh, oh um, uh, God. no, is it on Hulu? It's on Hulu, right? It could be on Hulu, but it was on Netflix. When Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, uh, uh, Robert De Niro, all the gangster dudes in the movies. I can't think of the name of the movie now. Damn it. The, the Irishman. Oh, when I yes, just watched yes, okay, Irishman, gotcha. I yeah. watched this three hour, three hour movie. You lying. Jesus, I just took her out. <laughs> Three hour movie. I watch it because of the scenes and how he shot it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I got a Canon HD camera, man. I, I, I go out and shoot all kinds of stuff. Man. And you got yeah, to. I just, I'm actually using the Sony 7 III, Mach 3. That's a good camera. Uh, mirrorless camera. That's what yeah. I'm doing this on right now, man. But <clears throat> sorry. There's this uh, movie called Anon, A N O N. Bro, one of the most beautifully shot movies that the whole movie is like each frame is like a picture, like a dope, like you can frame it. It's on Netflix, man. Check it out. But yeah, me and my wife be watching movies. And I'm like, yo, that's a dope shot. That's a great shot. Yeah. And you see that scene? You see the, the stillness in that scene? That's what Brad I'm did. I'm like, yo, that's great acting. You know what I'm saying? That's also directing too. But 
Yeah, man, just being a student of this craft, bro. That's that's man. I went and bought me a drone, passed the test. I'm certified. Uh, photography. You know, I edit my own damn video. I do everything. But the thing is, I want to make sure that I do it right. Because, you know, you only got one shot to do it right the first time. That's the mm -hmm. only thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what do you, when, when do you start your uh, film debut, film directing debut? Uh, I think we we're supposed to start back pre-production uh, in January. We was going to do December, but it felt a little rushed. And for me, I, I wanted a few more changes to the script to add some, uh, some weight to it and add some um, more struggle okay. to make it all make sense. Um, but yeah, that'll be uh, this year. Um, yeah, so movies, I'm trying to do a bunch of white folk friendly movies, uh, TV, uh, this platform with me and my wife doing relationship stuff, I feel like it's going to be a thing and I hopefully we can travel and talk to couples about marriage and relationships and stuff like that. Um, I got at least two, three books inside of me that I got to get off my chest and, and write. Um, yes. my ADD is kicking my butt, but I know that's a thing as well. And, um, I want my own production company too. I want to be able to create all the movies that's in my head and not wait on somebody to give me an opportunity. Right. And if I can create the content, I can just do the distribution and have them, you know, distribute you it while I create it. You know what I'm saying? So do yeah, it. that's that's what I want to do. That's what's up, man. Ron G, yep. comedian extraordinaire. Man, thank you so much for this interview, brother. Um, thank you, man. Have any other uh, things you want to promote come in the coming mm -hmm. 2021? Always come back on this thing, man. We'll promote you like crazy. You know we will. I will, bro. And so, where do you? Where you? You post this on Facebook or YouTube? Or Facebook, you, YouTube, Facebook. My website, hustletv.tv. Um, when you when this video is done, I'm gonna sit down and edit it, and your name will be on it. So don't trip about that. You ain't gotta give your plugs because it's gonna be all right there. All right. Okay, all cool. Right. So you could. Cool. No, I, I got you on that. I just just wanted to make sure I knew, so I can make sure I shared all the information as well. So oh, people yeah. can see the we gonna, gonna get it in, man. I'm the producer, the director, the curator, the dude, the motivator, the hustler, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> no, so what's man. That? I mean, you got any more auditions coming up? I know it's a new year. Uh, everything uh, slowed down uh, like December 20th. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure probably next week everything will pick back up, man. I was I was slammed. I was getting like two, three uh, self-tapes uh, every other day. And I was like, Jesus, that's a lot. But you know what, though? Think about this. At one, uh, years ago, we would go out, we would have to have change clothes in our car. Remember that? Mm -hmm. I know I used to change clothes in my, I would have maybe five auditions in one day. Five mm -hmm. on, on Monday, five on Tuesday, maybe four on Wednesday. And on Fridays, you in traffic all day. So you have to change clothes in the car. I would have to take pictures of myself of what I wore in the audition. <sighs> I remember. And doing that Hollywood to Santa Monica run. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. Four, but going from four, Hollywood four. to Santa Monica because you have a commercial audition, once you get on that 10, you stuck. Like once you go 10 west, you ain't getting back to Hollywood by, by six. As soon as you hit Ocean Park, it's a wrap. It's done. It's, it's a fajita. It's a wrap. Or West Side Casting. Remember West Side Casting? Where Way over there? West Side Casting. It was all right, Joe Blake. Say Joe Blake, right? But he was it was called West Side Casting um right off. Right off the 10 freeway, you exit the 10, you go around, you get off. Is the that the one that's um, across the street from the park? No, 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 that's 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 the new one that he was at, but he was in another one. You got to get off on the same street uh, off the 10, but you make a left instead of a right to go to Ocean Park. Mm. He was right there by the seven, by Staples. It was by Staples. It was right behind mm. Staples. And if you audition there at four o'clock, you're not getting back to Hollywood or any parts of LA until like eight or nine. 
unless you know some secret hideaway slot to get in through, but everybody is on their ways. And one thing about doing it virtually, it's easier. It may be a mm -hmm. headache to get the lights right and you gotta jump around the house or whatever, but just the audition process at home. Mm -hmm. And it's funny to see some of the people that you see on TV, hey, what's up, hey, I see you, I see you commercial, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's funny to see them because they know, they know that you're working too. Mm -hmm. and, and another thing is we, we are blessed, Ron, because a lot of us actors who are out here, they're not mm -hmm. out here anymore. They didn't make it. So oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You and I are very blessed because a lot of our peers won't be back. And it's, it's sad to say that. Um, I had a couple of people move back to Texas, Oklahoma. Man, I can't do it, man. The rent, they kicked me out. I'm sorry to hear that. So just remember this, brother. We are blessed to be doing what we're doing in our wives and lives that change our lives. So mm -hmm. I just, you know, you know what I mean? Deep breath. I agree. Chalk it up. It's so funny. It's so funny. I feel like even being able to afford to live out here is like a miracle to some people. Like where I'm from, yeah. telling people you live in Hollywood, like, oh my, hey, you live in Hollywood, man. Oh, you made it. You rich. I'm like, you have no idea. You have no idea. You could be able to, you could have a commercial airing four times a day on every channel and be still like, oh man, I need to pay this rent. <laughs> right. Like, oh, you must be paid. Like, Ugh. You don't want to tell them, you know, because because in their in their mind they know you're rich, because you're a walking bank in in their mind. You're you're a bank to them. Hey, Ron G, they they're like this dude got money. Look look how his hair looks. Look how his chin looks. They like he's rich. And then bro, being famous broke is a terrible feeling. <laughs> famous broke, when everybody know who you are, but you ain't got it. Oh, I've been there plenty of times on TV. I'm on on TV running. You like. Dude, I don't even know what I'm gonna eat. <laughs> you, I got two dollars. You did the gig, but you ain't got the check yet. How about this? How about you ain't got the check yet? Go ahead. How about you? You go into the audition. No, you go. You go into the job to film the to film the commercial spot, and you've already got enough gas to get there. Mm. Now you know you you filming the audition and you eat lunch and you're almost done for your spot. Now you gotta get in the car and try to figure out how to get home. Yep. Yeah. And the, wor <clears throat> the worst kind of audition is auditioning because you need it. In, in those auditions, one thing about I love I love the game and I wanted to know every part of it. So that's why I started running camera for uh, in sessions. I would get behind the camera. I got love. I got people giving me some love, give me a shot. I went back there and I started working the camera. And I and I started seeing how act people see actors. And I and I, and I learned that if you're listening third to fifth grade, you're not gonna make it. What? If you didn't listen in school when you were in third to fifth to fifth grade, you're not gonna make it because it's, it's all that? about listening. It's about listening. <clears throat> hey guys, this is, what, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna walk in, hit your mark, and you're gonna say your line. Everybody got it, and it's always some guy in the back. Uh, so you you want me to walk in, pivot right, and say my line. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, you're not going to make it. And I've seen people, they, they would delete auditions. I'm like, really? He's not going to make it. I'm like, wow. So hustle, this is learning, learning experience for you. Listen. I'm like, man, this is crazy. You've been in auditions where people freak out, I'm sure. Oh, of course. I have. Of course. 
Man, I didn't seen so much stuff. I seen an actor curse out a director one time. He's like, I'm not doing this shot anymore. You got 19 shots. And watching this white actor smash on a female director in front of everybody, I was like, wow, I don't ever want to become that guy. Yeah. It was like so bad to watch, but I guess when you start, I call it smoke, start smoking that me weed and you think it's about you, like it's gonna last forever because everything in the city can be replaced. You and know, had like it's crazy to watch. Through a text, never again <clears throat> in this. I remember one time I was in an audition and you know, the lady was like, yo, okay, so what we're gonna do? Um, say it this way and, and then have a demeanor. So the dude was like, you know what? I book shit all the time. I'm gonna take this at all. I don't care. So now I'm in a room, everybody white except me. So now I'm backing off. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Is he gonna pull a gun or a knife or what's, what's the play? And he's cussing and cussing and then he storms out. He closes the door. I'm like, I don't wanna be in this room right now because I don't know where he going. Cause now I'm nervous. Cause he didn't mm -hmm. cuss every, everybody out. I'm like, damn. So they're like, hustle with that's anything wrong. I'm like, no, you're fine. Can we get the audition time get out of here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to be here. I was, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's scary. I know it's pressure, but come on, you signed up for this job. Right. This is the this is the career that you chose. You choose to drive from Long Beach to Hollywood. You choose to drive from Westlake to Hollywood. You don't have to do it. And I want it, so I'm gonna do it. So if you choose not to do so, then don't come. Don't. This career don't care about your feelings either. You have a bad day and you got to audition. You got to bring it. You got to put it somewhere. You got to put it somewhere. You got to figure it out. You got to get all that ugliness out of you before you get up to that them stairs because there's 20 people that you know is going for the same part that you are. And if you ain't prepared, if you're not prepared to read lines, because I've seen people go to an audition and not know their script. And I have to put them to the side. Hey, man, look, this is what we're going to do. Don't mess this up for me and you, because I'm going to whoop your ass if you don't get it together. You're <laughs> messing up my money. You're messing up my money. <clears throat> I got it. I got it. No, no, no. You understand. I've been here <clears throat> two and a half hours, and you're playing with my money. So figure it out. All right, yeah. let's go. I'm like, dude, don't do that. You know when you go to audition, you see somebody in there messing up, you're like, damn, they're going to get rid of us both. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, it's not really the, the true, but you feel it. You feel that. Mm -hmm. Get rid of us both. Damn, it's too playing. <laughs> so funny. Yep, been there before too. Man, they give you a terrible read. They stand, start walking in front of the camera. So in order for you to, oh, they back up because as an actor, they're if they standing next to you in an audition, you would almost have to look back to speak to them. But I just yeah. play it forward. I'm like, nah, we're not doing that. Cause they don't know positioning, you know what I'm saying? Like you and I side by side, if they back up, you got to look like this to talk to them and they lose your face and they looking straight. I'm like, we're not doing that. I try to dictate <laughs> everything I do when I go in a room with someone. If I don't know who they are, I make sure I, I put them to the side and say, look, this is what we're going to do. And they look at me like I'm crazy. Cause of course. I, know what I know what they're thinking inside that room. They're thinking, okay, we're going to get these two actors in here to, to do the job and we'll get done. So. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go in this room, man, or female, whatever. No, if I, if I gotta touch her or something, I say, hey, I'm gonna touch you. So let's make sure we clear on this. Okay, great, great. Mm -hmm. And I make I make sure because everything now is to me is it's not serious, but it's, it's supposed to be that you're supposed to go out and try to get it, do your best. Now, mm -hmm. if someone's giving you kicking you in the shin, 
you can't do your best. I mean, some people can do the best too, but nine times out of 10, they can't. So mm -hmm. I try to do my best and make everybody feel comfortable when I'm in the room. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and it works out usually. It works out usually. Good, man. Yeah, I, I don't have a bunch of terrible auditions because somebody didn't know their lines, didn't know how to read, freestyling every line. I'm like, whoa, bro. Like, <laughs> what is this? What is this? What are you doing? Are we in the same audition? <laughs> I've, I've, I've gotten mad maybe twice in my 25 year career of a, of a commercial actor. Um, I sent a guy out of the room once. You what? I sent a guy out of the room when I was in there with him reading over our lines. And he, I said, dude, what are you saying? It's not on the page. Get out. The director was like, mm -hmm. I said, what are you doing? I'm like, no, no, no. He has to go. Next. I don't, I don't care. You send him out. I had to because I'm not gonna drive way to frick from wherever I come from at that time. I drove two hours to get there. So why why are you gonna mess up my stuff? Because you don't have your stuff together. Oh man. I know my lines and I know your lines. So mm -hmm. my hustle was this, Ron. When I did, when I get a script, bro, I learn my lines and I learn I learn their lines too as well on purpose. Just in case they may, hey, why don't you guys switch up? I don't want to switch up and not know. Cause that's the worst thing in the world. Like, oh shit! I'm, oh damn! What I'm gonna do? I only studied those lines, so I do both lines. I maybe I even do two or three just to make sure I got it. So if I'm in a room with somebody and we're going forward, we're trying to get this TV show pilot or whatever it may be, or this movie or this commercial that's hella huge in my mind at the time, mm -hmm. I learn everything. And if I feel that person's not doing their part, you gotta go. And the director was like. I get it, Huss. I said, next. <laughs> so he let you bring in somebody else? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. I've never seen that before. I take my craft serious, man. If I'm if I'm DJ, I take it serious. If I'm mm -hmm. hosting something, I take it very serious. I'm mm -hmm. not an asshole. I just, I'm a nice guy, but I want someone, I want to be known as a respectable person. So mm -hmm. I respect my craft so much, and I'm a student of the game. This whole thing I do is I'm a student of the game. I'm a student mm -hmm. of acting. I'm a student of DJing. I'm a student of hosting. Because it's all revolves around music. So if I take my time to do it right and correctly, you should too. And if you don't, I'm going to call you on it. Just smile. That'd be gone. Now it's like, why don't you know your lines? Because, mm -hmm. you know, they're not calling you because they like me. They're calling me because they know I can do the job. And they're calling you because you can do the job. Right. So we can't be playing. You know, you get, you get an email from your agent. Um, unfortunately, we'll let you go. That's, that's what they'll do. I've yeah. seen it. I've seen it. I mean, they dropped me. Indeed, they should have. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I know you're a professional. I'm a professional. And I go once again, Ryan, I applaud you for being the coolest dude on the planet. Thank you, bro. I'm learning, trying to figure this world out. As you should, as you should. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Um, we're going to end this interview. Uh, what I want to do now is I'm going to chop it up. I'm going to put out in spurts. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put your name on it. I'm going to do everything. Like, it's going to be, let me turn, hold on, let me stop this. Yeah. <laughs> hold on.